Hello and welcome back to Conversations with Clearbell. We hope that you are enjoying this podcast and please do not hesitate to get in touch with any questions or topic suggestions by emailing conversations at clearbell.com. For this month's episode, I'm passing over to one of our partners, Rob Mills, one of our analysts, Jonathan Goff, both fondly known around the office as Millsy and Goffey, to discuss investment opportunities in an inflationary market. Goffey, thanks for joining us today for this podcast on inflation, straight off the plane from your holiday in Mallorca. Hopefully, the inflationary pressures didn't hit the sangria too hard. You managed to have a good time. I've got in front of me this MSCI, you know, the the, the key index, property index chart, which is showing for over the last 40 years, all property returns outstripping inflation by a serious amount. So is it really that simple investing in property in an inflationary market? You can't get it wrong? First of all, thanks, Melzi. Great to be here. Um, plenty of sangria got drunk, um, and it's, it's a pleasure being on the podcast. Uh, I think I've said to you before, I've, I've, my mother's always said I've got a face for radio, so, so this is a very positive means of, uh, of, of getting some messaging across. Um, it's an interesting question, isn't it? It's a, certainly a positive indicator, but whether or not that's the full story is a different question. I think it would be remiss not to look at the, uh, the, 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 the movers that, that affect real estate returns more generally, such as supply-demand dynamics as, a, as an initial point. Um, you know, the reason one expects real estate returns to roughly track that of inflation is that you can track it within leases, whether that be through RPI links, new leases, or short leases. But for that, you need the underlying demand to stay strong. So we think that you know to, to to hedge against inflation in this in this high inflationary environment, you still need to tap into that strong demand, which we're seeing in sectors like logistics, life sciences, and for green buildings, where you're really future proofing and ensuring that the rental growth you need to offset high inflation is going to be um, shouldered by the tenants. I think that makes sense, and you're you're right to to focus on how rental growth has uh, has driven those returns i'm sure i'm sure that's what it's about um what about the supply side you mentioned demand how does inflation hit hit the supply side so of course you've got you've got certain sectors and i think those we've alluded to where you have significantly higher barriers to entry than in others already you know looking at central central london logistics for example you've got planning you've got build costs and inflation is only going to exacerbate that build cost aspect even more um you know, if you can't build the best buildings, then you're going to need to repurpose existing stock. And if you've already tapped into that, then you're onto a winner. Yeah, and I guess that's really exacerbated with the the, the big ESG green building agenda, exactly. right? Because that certainly isn't reducing the cost of of assets going forward. So um, you you can you can see how that that's going to impact as well. And and I suppose it makes this flight to quality that the key. And, and I think that's what we've seen in the past, that the, the higher the quality of assets tends to be the better it performs in an inflationary environment, because that's where you can really squeeze the, the most rental, um, rental performance. Um, Goffey, that, that really focused on mainstream real estate. What about the other strategies and, and, and how do you think it skews Clearbell's strategy towards investment? Uh, a stronger inflationary environment. Yeah, so I think we alluded to short leases, and and and, uh, and when you think about it, the, the 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 best place to be 
getting short leases in place um, and, and rebasing quickly is within real estate as a service, operational real estate. I think you're certainly seeing it at the, at the hotel assets, hotel private members club asset you sponsor, don't you? Where you have the opportunity to rebase rates nightly to match inflation and if, if not outstrip it. Yeah, that, that's completely right. We've seen in the Sloan Club how performance has returned really strongly after COVID from that, from that inflationary pressure. And, and although you see it in the costs as well, the top line, the revenue, the, the rate um, and the occupancy, that's outstripped the increase in, in the costs. And so, so overall profits are up. And, and we've seen that in, in other real estate as a service deals that we've seen historically when we invested in the uh, micro hotel room space in our, in our first fund, uh, a business um, called Tune Hotels. That, that actually rebranded and that business sold very recently as well. Uh, and I'm sure that inflation hedge was, was part of the in investment appetite there. But, but where, where else in the REAS sector do you think we can find value as an inflation hedge then? Mm. Well, we've been looking at, um, looking at a micro warehousing deal in central London recently, haven't we? And if we're thinking back to, to, to all the boxes we've been alluding to, constrained supply, high demand um, and growing demand such that the constrained supply, build cost, planning, planning in central London, it means that there's no new stock coming in. Um, the demand in London is strong, particularly for these micro warehousing spaces. Um, and if you operate that on flexible terms with the ability to rebase rents, then you can really tap into inflation as and when it, it, you know, it, it pinches. Yeah, I think that's right. And a lot of the customers that will be there, I think their their products are, are likely to be inflation impacted. So, so mm. I, I can see a, a, a direct link to that. And actually, Goffey, we've been seeing it. Uh, you see it in in residential as well. And we've got a we've got a number of residential strategies. Some at the the land end, but but most of them really focused on uh, on the rental strategies within the residential market. Um, off, often in the affordable space, and uh, I, I definitely see inflationary pressures coming through through residential rent. It goes goes back to that um, supply point that you were you were making as well. I think the supply of new houses is going to continue to be restricted, but because of construction costs. Interesting. You mentioned affordability within that strategy. Is it, is it worth just dwelling on that? The flight to quality is relative. In that, if you're providing affordable housing, it still has to be quality affordable housing for the demand to be there. Yeah, look in, in the resi sector, there's a pretty pretty well versed metric that the lower the yields, i.e., the higher the quality of your asset, the the higher the rental growth. So I, I think we're back to we're back to the set the, the same theme there. Now your point on on affordable, I, I think it will be interesting to see how the higher yields, the the lower quality assets. Um, that that are perhaps at the cheaper end of the scale, um, how they perform in an inflationary environment. I, I feel I feel the demand is so acute in the UK at the amazing moment, and the housing crisis is is so acute that actually there's there's likely to be rental growth at, at both ends of of that sector. I, I suppose the one thing that you can see in Resi, and you're going to see it in other real estate markets, is how inflation impacts interest rates. Um, you're, you're not quite um, got a hotline to the to the governor of the Bank of England, mm -hmm. but I, I guess you share the view that rates are kind of on the up. What, what, what is, does, that, does that temper some of the enthusiasm we've been talking about here? 
Well, it's an interesting argument, isn't it? Because it all goes back to cost of debt. Um, yields are at an all-time low, I believe, um, across several UK markets, and 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 balance sheet lenders have been have been forced to match that. But then there's been this huge proliferation of of non-balance sheet lenders, um, which which we've certainly done some work with, haven't we, Milzy? Yeah, absolutely. The the non-balance sheet lenders, the debt funds, remain pretty active. And I, I think I'd summarize it that the the rental growth that you get coming through your your forecasting models more than offsets the uh, the increase in interest rates. So, I think it takes us back to that that flight to quality point. The the assets you're going to want to buy are those that are are going to demonstrate that rental growth. And that that will eclipse the the slight upwards pressure on on interest rates in your debt, and, and actually we also see that for the best qualities margins will will actually compress, and so the overall cost of debt doesn't doesn't always go up as much as as the headline from the Bank of England. And what about the existing portfolio, Milsey? Yeah, well, the vast majority of our of our uh, facilities are are hedged. So we've got pretty near-term protection from from rising interest rates. Um, the the impact on on our models is therefore fa- fairly limited, to be honest. Interesting. Uh, okay, Goffy. I think having covered your face for radio sangria and your hotline to the governor of the Bank of England, we've probably hit inflation pretty hard. So uh, thanks for that, and uh, let's pick up on the next time. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Clearbell with me, Iona. If you liked this podcast, make sure you like and subscribe so you are notified every time a new episode is released. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, if you have a topic that you wish to be discussed or you want more information on a previous subject, you can email conversations at clearbell.com.